Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, guys. Calling in from Germany. I like your show. It's a great add on, uh, added value for me to listen daily. Uh, I'd like to know about currently Lumen Technologies. There's a lot of up and down currently. And provides unbiased answers. But we do own this in some of our managed accounts, and we're not going to sell it anytime soon, but I'm not going to wait forever either. So I'm hoping it should have a, a run up. It should. But so far, I've been disappointed. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 6, 2021. And if you look at your calendar, we're moving pretty quickly through the summer. And, you know, we're moving toward fall in September. Yeah. You know, then, then we go the holiday season, but... You know, summer's still here. It's still, still the high summer, so we'll just uh, deal with what we have. It's pretty hot here in Southern California, uh, but not unreasonably so. Pretty much typical. Um, on today's program, as we talk about it every day, our mission statement, independent thinking and share success. And, of course, we'd say that because we want to make sure you understand we're going to give you all the factual information we can with no biases, and we want you to share what you know. Uh, I've, as I said before, I get a number of stock ideas from the callers that occasionally I will buy them for myself and the clients. So that's why I want to share everything we can with you and you with us. So please don't hesitate to call. Ask any financial questions you want. Okay, Most of the calls are stocks, but you can ask any type of financial question. I do have a pretty extensive background in insurance. That's how I started my career many, many, many moons ago. So I'm pretty, you know. I know a lot about insurance. I don't know if that's a good thing, but I do. Okay, so as we go to, you know, I, my number, we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, and the number is 888-99-CHART. You can call anytime you want. Uh, when we're not live, you can call, leave questions, and we will get to your questions, we promise. But we're live right now, 888-992-4278. Any investment, financial questions are welcome. You t- you drive the show where you want it to go. So let's go ahead and get to the first question caller. Hello, this is Donald. I'm from uh, Pennsylvania. I uh, was looking at uh, PP&L, Pennsylvania Power and Light, and was wondering uh, what would be a good buy point for it. I feel like maybe a couple dollars lower. I think it's just like $28 right now and want to establish that for the dividend. So, yeah, that's my question, and I'll look forward to your answer. Thanks very much. Bye. Uh, This is a uh, a utility. Utilities are basically stocks you buy for the dividend. They usually don't have much growth or any growth. Uh, PPL Corporation, symbol PPL, holding company engaged in electricity and generation in Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee, and the United Kingdom. Uh, They're going to make $2.27 this year. It's up 30% from last year, but then they're going to lose that gain next year, go back to $1.67. 
and it's a $29 stock. So it's not cheap. It's right at the top of its five-year PE range. Uh, you know, I, I it, it, the stock run, runs from thirty to forty dollars. Used well, I would say maybe made twenties to forty dollars, and it's at thirty twenty-nine now. I, I don't like it because its earnings are dropping next year, and I don't know why. Okay, it does pay a five point seven percent dividend, and they probably can maintain close to that. I think the dividend's pretty secure. But that's all I can say for it. I, I don't think it's inexpensive. And that's what I like to buy utilities when they're cheap. My focus point today concerns a story. More than 7.5 million Americans are headed toward an unemployment cliff. We're talking about an unemployment benefits cliff as they drop off. Special benefits by the federal government. They're dropping off here shortly. So we're going to talk about that. My trivia question today, RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions. Do you know what those are? We're going to discuss it. You should know. As you get older, you will know. Also, I'm going to talk about the jobs report that came out today. It was better than expected. And you, did you know that uh, you can sign up for a space flight with Virgin Atlantic? You know how much it costs? I'll share that. And while um, the... Did you read or hear what the uh, president said about his electric vehicle goals? How he wants, how many electric vehicles he wants in the United States by a certain time? I have, I have a continuing concern about this that no one seems to be really worried about, but I am. So we're going to talk about that. And should you still carry cash in your pocket? Cash. Everybody's using credit cards or cell phones or whatever it is. Debit card. No one thinks they should have any cash. But should you carry some cash in your pocket? I'll give you six reasons why you should. Why you should. And do you have any idea how many people left the United States? In other words, gave up their U.S. citizenship. Do you know how many people last year gave up their U.S. citizenship? An increase of 237% from the year before. Don't you find that? A little worrisome. So those are the things that are on my mind. Of course, you drive the show where you want to take it. What I want to talk about is meaningless because you drive it with your questions. My focus point, as I said, will be about that uh, the, the benefits that's going to stop, which they should, by the way. They need to. And uh, so we're going to get to that. But how did the market do today? The Dow was up 144. You would think that was great. It was a better than expected jobs report. It was going to be up, but no. It was a mixed market. The Dow was up. The Nasdaq was down 59. And the S&P was up 7. So it was a little on the upside. But the better than expected jobs report means that since it didn't drive the stock prices up, what if it wasn't better than expected? Would that mean the market would have tanked on us? For the day, you know, not tank, but, you know, gave up a lot of points. And I, I'm wondering if uh, what's going to be the catalyst for the next move up for the market? Uh, we've already had, the, you know, most of the earnings have come out from the last quarter. we got a COVID spreading. What, what kind of, what, what kind of, what's going to be the catalyst? The only catalyst I see is down. That's COVID again. We'll see. 
See, I'm not too worried about it because we do have a huge spending package. I guess that would be the next catalyst to drive market up. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, how, how we already talked about the market. How, you know, we're in the middle of summer. August is usually the poorest month of the year since the last 30 or plus 40 years. Before that was the best, by the way. August was the best performing. But now, you know, it's been the worst for many, many years. Think August's going to do it again? We'll see. We're headed into a quick break. It is Friday, and the program and podcast is jam-packed today, as it usually is. But we'll make room for any questions you have. 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Okay, we had a, uh, a question left uh, for uh, after someone left a, a rating for us at, on iTunes. Love the show. Looking for opinion on Vistra Corporation as a long-term hold. Well, it's a utility-type company out of Irvine, Texas, engaged in retail wholesale sales, electricity, power generation, and fuel production. It's going to make $2.17 next year. It's going to lose $1.54 this year. It hasn't lost money since back until back in 2018. It lost $0.18, cents. but generally it makes money. So not growing very much. Uh, it is growing a couple percentage points sales, but yeah, nothing big. 3.2% dividend. Uh, return equity is only 8%. So it's it's it's... It's an $18.56 stock going to make $2.17 next year. So that means the P.E. is pretty low. Utilities usually have low P.E.s. Uh, you know, you buy. You know when you buy a utility? When you think you're going into a recession. Because they hold up pretty darn well. Because of the dividends. Because people still need electricity. Uh, I'm not keen on the utility industry right this minute. I'm just not. Okay, appreciate it. Keith from Chicago, currently serving overseas. I'm trying to diversify into some ETS and looking at JHML, ICLN, and AQWA. What are your thoughts on them? Well, I'm only going to only one stock at a time, people. Don't do more than one. So I'll take the first, JHML, and that's an ETF. Uh, John Hancock, large cap. Okay, engaged... Uh, Exchange-traded funds seeking investment results corresponding to the John Hancock Dimensional Large Cap Index. So this is something you buy if you want to be part to participate in large cap stocks. It's as simple as that. There's no, you know, ETFs are usually for tracking an index or a sector. And so you have to decide, well, is that sector a good place to be? Is it a good place to be in large cap stocks? I think, uh, I think it probably would. I would rather focus on large cap dividend paying stocks at this stage, 
You know, I would look for value versus growth stocks. You know, so I'd be that's the kind of ETFs that I would look be looking for if I wanted if I was an ETF investor. Okay. Now let's take another investment caller question. This came in earlier from a listener line in Germany. Hi guys, calling in from Germany. I like your show. It's a great add-on, uh, added value for me to listen daily. Uh, I'd like to know about currently Lumen Technologies. There's a lot of up and down currently with Lumen. I thought this is a safe uh, dividend uh, stock, and uh, I, I like this stock mainly because of the dividend and also because of the the value. And I bought uh, 130 shares more today, added to total now 1,200. I'd like your view on the stock Lumen Technologies. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, we like it because we own it in in, uh, in our, a couple of our managed accounts. I'm disappointed in the uh, leadership at this point, leadership of the company. It provides a local exchange, long-distance network, a, a access, board, broadband services to rural communities in 37 states. It's going to make $1.68 this year, $1.33 next year. Um, um, they've been selling off their old legacy uh copper line uh, assets and moving on toward the new, you know, uh, fiber optic type of connections, which is what they should do, obviously, and they've been doing it. But it hasn't resulted in any any increase in sales and, and earnings are okay, but so I'm a little disappointed in that. Okay, it does pay a very nice dividend or has 8.5%. It's $11.75 stock, going to make $1.33 next year. So, what is that, an eight P, 7 or 8 PE? Well, that's at the low end of its range, 5 to 24. So, there's lots of things I'd like about it. Um, one of them is that mutual funds are buying it, adding to it. So, I'm hoping it should have a, a run up. It should. I mean, there's no reason why it shouldn't. But so far, I've been disappointed. But we do own this in some of our managed accounts, and we're not going to sell it anytime soon, but I'm not going to wait forever either. Uh, you know, I just it, just disappointed. Yeah, I thought it would uh, thought it would do better. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant is always, it never is. It just doesn't. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I like doing this. It's always it's always ex- different, exciting, and you got to keep keep on keep on top of it. So you have to learn to manage your fear and greed when you're managing money. So or have you done that? Do you know how to do that? And ask that question. I'll be happy to answer it. We're taking your calls live. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. You tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. 888.99 chart. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody, and I do appreciate you being with me. So, my focus point today concerns a story that says. More than 7.5 million Americans are headed toward an unemployment cliff. Now, that's an unemployment benefits cliff. 
Those are, what's going to happen is the federal government benefits are running out. You know, the extra benefits that the government uh, approved for the last couple of years, well, they're going to run out. And it's going to run out like, I think, September 6th. And like that 7.5 million people will stop getting that extra money from the government. Now, I think it needs to run out. I'm, I, I'm just a, I'm, I know for a fact people are collecting it, and they're collecting enough money, and so they don't want to work. They figure, why should I work? I, I, I know for a fact. I have nieces and nephews. A couple of them are doing that. Remember, I have 39 nieces. They think, why should I work? Why are these young ones? The young ones. Why should I work? I'm, I've got plenty of money. I'm getting, seven, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars you know, from the benefits and, you know, living at home or whatever. So they're going to do- drop off. And that will take people that get, I think it's about, Three four hundred dollars. It's going to be cut in half a lot of the benefits, and that might give them the incentive to find a job because there's lots of jobs out there. Now, I don't know if there's COVID, re, you know, re, revisiting COVID again with this Delta variant, whether that'll sh- shut down any economies. I don't think so, but it could. But right now, as it stands, there's lots of jobs out there not being filled, and a lot of people. Don't want a job. So I think this is a good thing. Give incentive for people to go back to work. You give incentive people not to work, then they won't work. I mean, how many times that we've seen that? That is so common. That's one of the reasons why Europe has such a high unemployment. Consistently, even in the best of times, they still have like 10% unemployment across much of Europe. It's because they get really good benefits. There's no the incentive is not there to get back to work. But when you don't make enough money to pay your bills, guess what? You get back to work. Maybe you'll have to take two jobs. Maybe you should educate yourself and get a better job, more money, whatever, whatever it takes. But if you give enough people, give there's just a group of people out there that will not work if they can just get by. They're perfectly content, have absolutely no ambition. As I said, I have personal experience with that. Have relatives to do that. So, I think it's a good thing. I hope that the government doesn't re-up it again. Try, uh, there's no one talking about it in Washington yet, so I don't think they're going to do it. Anyways, we'll see. Let's sneak in another voice bank question. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Travis from Iowa. Calling about ticker symbol X. P-O. It's a position I've held for a little while. They just spun off another company. And just kind of curious your take on do I hold both companies? Because now I have I own stock in the other, the spinoff I think was GXO is the symbol. I own a couple shares of each. I'm just curious if I should hold those or try and get out of them, hold one, hold the other. Just curious what your thoughts are, what I should look for moving forward on uh, some indicators on what would be good to either keep, ditch, or try and get into something else in the logistics space. I uh, appreciate it. I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Thank you. Well, GXO is the spinoff is a logistic company, and it's, you know, since it's a spinoff, it's brand new, right? We, we just don't know. They, they are scheduled to make $1.83 a share this year, then $2.31 a share next year, but it's a $64 stock, and it's brand new. Man, I'd, I'd sell that in a heartbeat. I, I, I just wouldn't hold on to GXO, which was the spinoff. Uh, I think it was EXO, I think was the 
Anyways, I would sell the spin-off because there's not much history on it. There is hardly any history. Even though I kind of like it's a logistic solution, moving goods through supply chains at 885 locations across 27 countries. I mean, I kind of like that business, but, man, it's just, a, it's just a roll of the dice as far as I'm concerned. I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't hold on to it. I'd sell it. GXO is the symbol. It's out, uh, where is it? Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay, well, okay, the jobs report came out. There's 943,000 jobs produced in July. And that was more than expected. Unemployment rate went from 5.9 to 5.4%. That was more than expected. And average hourly earnings went up four-tenths of 1%. That was more than expected or kind of, well, maybe that was more in line. That, that wasn't too out. That, that was in line. We'll say that's in line. Remember the ADP report earlier in the week was very disappointing. It was 300 and something. They expected 600 and something. This was more than expected. Now, remember, the official report counts private sector jobs and public jobs. ADP only counts only counts private sector jobs. So that was a good thing. Right? Didn't do much to market, but that was a good thing. Okay, uh, we're coming up on a break, everybody. The topic, our RMDs, required minimum distribution, is our trivia. At least that's the topic. It's come up several times on the, on the mess talk. So I thought we should give it a bit more attention. So as we go to break, here is my trivia question. By definition, what is an RMD? And can you name a few of the accounts that have RMD requirements? At the break, I'll supply the answer. For now, my phone lines are open. You can call 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. 
AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, welcome back. Before the break, I gave you a trivia question. Uh, by definition, what is an RMD? And can you name a few of the accounts that have RMD requirements? An RMD is it stands for Required Minimum Distribution. You have to take money out of your, uh, your retirement accounts. That's what this is. An RMD is a specific amount of money that must be withdrawn from some retirement plans the year after you turn 72. Okay? So you've collected all this money all these years in your IRA. It's grown, done great. Well, you're going to have an RMD at age 72. The IRS requires that account holders of these types of requirements, and they're like 401ks, 457s, uh, IRAs. You have not Roth IRAs, though. Not Roth 401k. Regular IRA. You have to take money the year you turn 72 and a half. Uh, okay, actually, it went to 70 half to 72, so it's not 72 and a half, just the year you turn 72. Okay, traditional IRA, SEP IRA, simple IRA, other defined contribution plans, 401ks, all have to have required distributions. When there is a minimum, and the government changes, it's based on you, know, you can't say, I can't tell you what, oh, well, in five years, yours will be this percentage. It, it's not going to work that way because it changes every year because it, it's based on uh, life expectancy, and that changes. It doesn't change much, but you just really can't require, you can't really know. They will tell you that year what per, how much percent you have to take out a minimum that you have to take out. And remember, when you take that out, that is added to your ordinary income that year. So if you're collecting Social Security, you add that, plus your required minimum distribution, and that's what you pay your income tax on. 
whatever bracket you are hit, you fit. So just remember that that's why. I don't like, I don't understand why they need to do it. I understand why they did it, because they want the tax dollars, but I don't understand why they can't just say, you take it out when you need it, not care when. I don't understand that. They don't, you know, when you die, they, someone inherits your IRA. And then that person will ha- has to take it with, within, what, five years? Or could spread it out over five years or something like that? And they have to pay income tax on that money. I don't see why they just don't let that go. Okay, let's pivot back to Investoc Voice Bank. The timing is perfect for the question. It's about 401ks. Good morning, Stephen Justin. This is Jay from Petaluma. My question is about 401k and other retirement accounts from previous employers. A 401k from a previous job that has about ten to $12,000 in it. And I also have a retirement account from when I was a substitute teacher for a couple of years that has about $3,000 because the cow serves an account. I'm no longer putting money in either of them because I'm at a different job now. And I was wondering what your thoughts on keeping the money in those, let them ride, or if I should somehow transfer them to my Fidelity, Roth, IRA, or some other way to do that. Look for your answer off there. Enjoy your guys' show very much. Thank you. Well, for the 401k, I would open up a IRA, not a Roth IRA, but open up a regular IRA. You would have a Roth and a regular IRA at Fidelity, and I'd roll the 401k into the IRA because you have unlimited choices of investments. It gives you more freedom as opposed to leaving it in the 401k. The CalPERS retirement plan with you have three or 4000 in, I would do the same thing if it's possible. I am not sure that they'll let you. You have to find out. Uh, Spence, you don't work for that plan anymore, for the for the, the government that participates in that plan. I'm thinking you might be able to roll it into a, an IRA, hoping you would be able to. And that way, because you, you don't want to get too many accounts. You get too many accounts, you have to track, keep track of them all. And trust me, you will lose track. It might, you, may not, you may not forget that you have the account, but you'll lose any interest in doing anything with it. In other words, investing the money. And that's I don't, that's why I think you need to keep focused and have a Roth IRA and a regular IRA. And you probably have an existing retirement plan with your current employer or whatever that is. So, so there's your three types of accounts that you would have. And I would try to keep it as, you know, as few accounts as possible. The KPP Premium Newsletter went out today to all subscribers. It goes out every Friday, as you know. And the on the first section, called the Market Conditions section, I stated, in the economic reports released this week, we saw further evidence that housing has peaked. Housing has peaked. Construction spending in June rose only one-tenth of one percent after contracting two-tenths of a percent the month before. So there's not much spending uh, spending money on new construction. Now, new construction is not just housing, but it's housing, multiple housing, and single-family homes are make up a large part of that usually, and it's not happening. So, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of money going in that area. And you add that to the, you know, housing starts that was bad last week and then housing 
New home sales was not very good last week, and you can tell it's peaking. Prices still going up, but we'll see. I have a feeling that you know we'll know in the next month or two if that peaked as well. So uh, that I started off the newsletter with that. Of course, I had the jobs report. I said the market was turning kind of sideways, but with an upward bias in the last 10 days or so. And today, I would think that with a good jobs report that came out, it would go higher, but it kind of was mixed, right? Dow was up, S&P was up, NASDAQ was down. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking that have we seen the top of the, the market or at least the short-term top? You know, August is the worst month in the year. Kind of leads me to believe that maybe we will have a little correction in August. Might be might wait until September. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the portfolio management section. Over the years, we have learned that past behavior of the stock market is not necessarily the best indicator for the future movement of the stock market. What is a good indicator for the future movement of market? Bonds. Bonds are pretty durable as far as a leading economic, a leading stock market indicator, not economy, economic indicator, even though kinds of lends us out to that too. So, so when bonds start to turn ugly, and what does that mean? That means when interest rates start to rise, right? Interest rates start to rise, the bond market will go down. Okay, because remember all those old bonds you have, millions of billions of them out there, are paying very low rates. Well, when interest rates start to rise, those bonds become worth less money. Bond market goes down. People want new bonds, but there's only a limited supply. The old bonds get valued less because the new bonds pay more interest. So why would I buy an old bond unless you give me a discount on it? So bonds kind of are a leading... Uh, economic indicators too. I, I you know I'm, I you see my hesitation because it's not it's not a perfect cor- perfectly correlated in- indicator. It's not it's imperfect, but it, it's kind of one. Couple of stock ideas. World's largest gold producer was one of them. With uh, if you think gold is a good place to be, and uh, one of the largest U.S. utilities. Those were the two. Stock ideas. And, you know, utilities is kind of a proxy for bonds. And bond yields are at historical lows. So you might want to put, you know, some utilities. And we have calls this afternoon. You might want to put a couple of utilities in your, on your watch list at the very least, what I would suggest. There's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. It's easy for you to subscribe directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you will see the full report each Friday directly to your inbox. Do it every Friday. This is Invest Talk. Let's fit in another question. Hello, my name is Duncan from New York. You guys do a great job as always. My quick question is about the stock NEO. It is Japanese stock. This stock has been in my SEP IRA. Uh, right when the pandemic happened. When I got it, when I was doing some research, I loved their quick battery change technology, and I believed in them. But I didn't nearly know enough about investing until I started listening to your podcast. So after going doing my research, I used FinViz, which is, you know, the free thing that I can look up. But I just had a quick question about it. 
I am looking for an exit point. My cost basis is about $49. It is currently $45. And when I actually listen to the speech from the president of China, it seems like he's only focusing on technology sector and not manufacturing sectors. Would any car company be considered a manufacturing sector? Thank you very much. Just looking for an exit point and just looking for your overall thoughts about like, this Chinese stock. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, yeah, it's a Chinese stock, Chinese manufacturer, uh, manufacturer that sells electric vehicle parts as well as provide battery charging services. Its problem you have is it's a very expensive stock for how much money it makes because it doesn't make any money. It's going to lose 44 cents a share this year. It's never made money. It's going to lose a penny a share next year. So at least it's going in the right direction. Sales have increased dramatically. The most recent quarter, sales were up 529%. Before that was 149%, 159%, 140%. So the last four quarters, it's had some pretty spectacular sales. But it's hard to understand why it's a $68 billion company when it makes no money. Now, it it uh, its sales are $1.2 billion uh, last quarter, okay? So which is a pretty good jump, okay, from a year ago, which was like uh, $526 million. So sales are skyrocketing. So eventually they'll turn into profits. Um, looking at chart, it, the highest it's ever gotten was 64, 66, 99, 66.99 was its high mark in what the very beginning of uh, or end of December, January uh, uh, this year, and now it's at uh, 43.84. So it's gone down. Uh, it hit it hit the low 30s. Was bouncing around the low 30s for months, several months. And then popped up to 56 and then back down. Um, I, I like the technology, but you know what? I don't know if I can trust numbers in China's situation. I, I, that, you know, they're, 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 they've been attempting for years now to try to be a free economic system in a communist government. And that's kind of difficult because we never really know when they're lying about the numbers. How much is this company is owned by the Chinese government? That would be one of my first questions. It says management owns 4%. Uh, mutual funds own 21%. I don't know. I, I, as far as a get-out point, I'd probably, if you were looking, if you're asking me, I'd probably get out now. 43.84. Just my opinion as far as what I think the value is. I don't think there's... I think the value is probably closer to 20 bucks, not 40. On Fridays, I generally may take time to talk about uh, key benchmarks, give you a quick rundown on some of the key benchmark numbers. So the two-year treasury yield is at 0.21%, 0.21%. A week ago, it was 0.18%. So yield went up on the two-year. The 10-year treasury yield, Paying 1.3% per year. Last week, it was 1.2% per year. So that yield went up. So remember what I said earlier. If yields go up, bond values go down. So the bond market is, is, is at least for this last week, went down. Now, is it a trend? Is it 
durable on a downward spike? Something we need to look into. Gold price, 1763. Uh, last week it was uh, 1815. Silver, 2433 this week. Last week, 25. So gold and silver went down. Oil, $62 a barrel. Last week was 74. Oil is kind of volatile, and it had a bad week in oil. Two weeks ago, it was 71. Last week, it was 74. This week, it's 62. The national average of gasoline, $3.18, up two cents from last week. Here in California, it's $4.38, up another three cents per gallon from last week. And if you go to Nevada, $4.04. The Na- Tennessee, Tennessee, $2.89. Give me a break. I mean, look how expensive it is here. Pretty annoying. Anyways, okay, if you want to sign up to go into space on the Virgin Atlantic uh, space plane, you can sign up, get on the list, and it's only cost you $450,000. $450,000. What a bargain. The earliest you can leave, if you sign up, is the third quarter of next year. If they still have a couple of flight tests that they're still not quite done yet, but they think that, that that's all, that's what their schedule will be. $450,000 for what? I don't know. Hour? I, I have no idea. But for those people that have more money than brains, maybe, or maybe they have lots of brains and they just don't have anything to do with their money. But anybody wants to do it, that's what we're talking This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. I'm calling in on a question regarding wheat and wanted to get your opinion on whether it would be best to put it in a retirement account, such as IRA or broth versus just a regular brokerage account for looking to get income from the investment and wanted to see if there was any advantages or disadvantages of putting it into retirement account. I'll be listening to the answer on your great show. Thank you. Okay, REITs are, uh, when you, real estate investment trusts is what they are, and they focus all their attention on paying dividends. So you're asking, uh, do I want to put a dividend-paying equity in a retirement account where I don't have to pay income tax on those dividends or non-retirement account where I would have to pay income tax on those dividends? And the answer is it would be fit in both, but you really want high growth in your retirement accounts versus regular accounts because high growth, remember, you you, you want that huge growth and REITs are not designed for high growth. You want that growth because all that growth is tax-free. 
So you put your high-growth stocks more in a retirement account than in a regular taxable account. So I would say it'd probably be wiser, not necessarily so, but depends on your risk tolerance and a bunch of other things, but probably put it in your non-retirement accounts because REITs usually don't appreciate in value that fast, but they can. That's why it's a difficult question to answer. You know, you know, it's difficult to answer. Anyways, guess how many people left uh, left their U.S. citizenship behind and and moved to another country last year? Six thousand seven hundred and seven. That was an increase from the year before of two thousand two hundred thirty seven percent. And do you know why the the major reason given for leaving their the, to to dropping their U.S. citizenship, taxes, increase in taxes. They're all fearful of more and more taxes in the United States. That was a reason given for the bulk of them. Okay. So Biden, President Biden, has set a goal for electric vehicles by the year 2030. Less than what nine years by now. Okay, he wants 50% of all new vehicles in the United States to be electric, all new vehicles sold in 2030 to be electric. Do you know how many vehicles are in the, on the, in the United States right now? 276 million of them. Do you know how many of them are electric vehicles right now? 2.2%. This is a problem. No one is talking about where we're going to get the electricity to supply 100 million cars. Okay? Most people have a plug-in at their house that they have to pay for. There was a study done that for every electric vehicle, you'd have to spend $1,100 per electric vehicle, in upgrades to the electrical grid in the United States. In other words, more power. California hasn't approved a new power company in decades. They have allowed expansion of existing ones. The United States hasn't approved the building of a new dam to generate electricity in decades. You know what they're approving? Wind. Solar. That's what they'll agree to. Okay, I have no problem with that. But it is not going to provide even a fraction of the need. I'm just really concerned about this issue. But no one else seems to care. The only good thing I can say, probably be dead when it becomes a problem. I will be dead. But for everybody else out there, you guys got to start thinking about it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family. We want you to. It's a free podcast. So you can get them at the podcast anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And we would really appreciate it if you would rate us on the iTunes. Yeah, on the iTunes platform. I appreciate that. Please do so. And you can browse by topics that we've been mentioning, the Chinese stocks, health savings account, HSAs, 
whatever you want, whatever topic you want to explore. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. <laughs>